0: Hi everyone, this is your new host Kiara Lozano with Walton Biz Talk, a student-run podcast where we have casual conversations about professional things. This podcast is powered by the Business Communication Lab at the Sam & Walton College of Business, and this season we'll be digging deeper into the importance of innovation in our everyday life. We'll be having guests from all industries, backgrounds, and expertise share their contributions and thoughts on innovation as the world continues to change. Hey, welcome back to Walton This Talk. In this episode, co-host Sung Min and I get to revisit the topic of food waste and insecurity on campus with Andrew Lipson from Chartwells. We will have the opportunity to discuss the innovative actions taking place in the food industry throughout our community and how the pandemic has influenced it. Thank you so much for joining us again. Before we get started, could you please give us a quick introduction and tell our listeners more about your role within Chartwells?
1: Thank you, Kia, and thank you, Sung Min. Yes, Andrew Lipson, I'm the Vice President of Operations here on the uh, Fayetteville campus. been here about seven and a half years, and been with Chartwells. It'll be 17 years in July. You know, my role here is really um, twofold, is to provide uh, developmental opportunities for my team as well as students, um, whether that's with uh, jobs or with our program itself. And then also collaborate with the university on its mission to become a uh, great place to go to school, as well as a sustainable place to participate in uh, the community.
0: Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, We like to begin this season with the question, what does innovation mean to you? Um, specifically, in your industry, everybody has a different dynamic of what that word means to them. So we just want to get to know a little bit about how important it is to you.
1: Well, I think innovation in our industry really means um, meeting the convenience demands of our consumers. Um, you know, everybody is just inundated with things to do, with information to absorb, with places to be, and uh, I, I, there's no truer, generation of people than than you guys, right, that, that are doing that. It's amazing to me um, how many things students are involved in. And so really innovation for us is keeping up with the needs of our guests while also being more efficient as an organization, maintaining our profitability, and also maintaining um, and striving to be as sustainable as we can.
0: Um, That's one thing that I've definitely noticed a lot about Chartwell. So you guys have a very big focus on sustainability and making sure that everything is very environmentally friendly, um, which is something that I'm super passionate about. And I really appreciate it, you know, going to school in a place that really emphasizes that. So as you continue to see more innovation within the community, um, how do you see that happening in the food industry within a college campus?
1: Well, I certainly think there's, there's a few things. Um, Number one is the packaging. Um, You know, we live in a world where people are like we just talked about, you know, people are on the go constantly and um, you know, to be able to provide um, you know, deliverables to students in an in an environmentally friendly way. I think that's really the critical piece. So You know whether it's um, you know trying to get away from straws, which we've done for years in our resident dining locations, or where we've you know done small things like you know put napkins where people sit versus where they get their food, so they grab 1,500 of them instead of hey I'm sitting down now I'll grab some napkins and all those things over time have really shown a decrease in the amount of of what we're doing. Um, Certainly pre pandemic. I think we're already there with a lot of the things that we were doing as far as using some compostables and definitely eliminating styrofoam from every place that we have, except where we don't have control over the brand itself. Um, So I think those are some of the really key areas uh, that we have tried to work with. And, um, And then really working on the composting end with with using um, you know, either pre-consumer waste where it's you know prepped items from our kitchen that just are not usable in the cooking process or whether it's post-consumer waste and taking that and working with the city, um, the composting program that we have with the city. Um, you know, we really love to accelerate that and do more with that. Um, and that just becomes a really more of a who is the person who exports it for us, right? Who is the company that takes that for, from us and takes all those compostables. So we're looking at some technology that can break down things a little bit more, Um, but until we have a a place to take that product, we're kind of stuck in that dead-end loop with that a little bit.
2: Uh, Last year when I was a freshman, um, I lived in Futural right next to Fulbright. And every day me and my roommates and my friends would go eat right. And then we would see on the blackboard or like the chalkboard where it would say, how many pounds you guys have composted and recycled and we would see that number go up every day and we would honestly watch how much food we put on our plates we would eat as like much uh, much as we can instead of wasting it like we usually do because it's hard to um, be mindful when you're eating at a buffet i feel like
1: so man i think that's a great great point you know there's a lot of psychological studies out there that show that like for example when you know, the Red Cross is trying to raise money and people see that the big red, you know, they want to be part of driving that number up, right? We all want to be part of something that's successful in our community or hopefully most people do. And so I think that visual scorecard is really important. And, you know, we always tell students that the buffet locations, they're all you care to eat, right? It's not so much all you can eat because to your point, we've never, you come up a million times if you want, but the being more mindful I mean, I think that's something that we've tried to educate students with, with what's a portion, and it's interesting because now with COVID, you know, we've gotten rid of all of the serve yourself that there is, and, um, you know, that's helped, I think, us, you know, say, hey, this is really what a portion should look like, this is, here's your protein, here's your, here's your vegetables, here's your simple starch, and really trying to get to that kind of, here's what we're serving. If you asked us for an extra scoop of potatoes, we're totally gonna to give it to you, right? But I mean, I think for us to be mindful is, is important and you know, dining is part of the educational experience. I mean, everything on a campus is. And so I think to your point, to teach people about not being also mindful about what they put in their bodies, but about what they're putting in the trash, with the number of people that go hungry and the staggering numbers of pounds of food that are wasted in this country that just boggles your mind. I think that's part of our job here on campus is to educate that. So, and whether, I don't see some of the things that have come up with COVID changing all that much for a little bit. You know, I think people are still gonna be wary of sharing utensils at a salad bar. Um, I think the plexiglass is here to stay. Um, Because it just makes sense, you know, I mean, it's going to keep you from getting a cold or, you know, I think a lot of those things are just going to be there for people to feel a little bit more comfortable moving forward.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that kind of jumps into the question that I was going to ask about the pandemic, since I do know, you know, um, dining campus has always been serve yourself, you go in and you pick what you want what are some things that have changed? Like, what are some innovative measures? And like, what do you truly see sticking in the future just to make the eating environment just a lot more um, just friendly and more like mindful to people who, you know, might have not only like, you know, diseases like COVID, but allergies or something like that, that they might not be fully in control of.
1: Yeah, well, I, I think, you know, those solutions are different depending on the location too. So for example, you know, Brough, we were very concerned about, because nobody knew what was going to happen in the fall, right, I mean, and, you know, we feel like hopefully things are knock on wood, we're getting a handle on on COVID. But, you know, we were very concerned about the density of students at lunchtime at, at Brough. Um, have you ever been there between, you know, 11, 15 and one? It's an ant farm. And you know we would do eighteen hundred to two thousand meals in about two hours and fifteen minutes. So we really decided that because students wanted more of a meal trade experience during the day, that we would take each one of those stations and make it more of a food hall, and where you could go in and still get a complete meal, yet not have to worry about sitting down if you didn't want to, right? And you know, with every change, there's a little bit of oh, it's not like it was last year. and You know, but for every one person who says it wasn't like last year, we've got 20 telling us they think it's great. And so I think that change for us was very groundbreaking. And um, it's actually been featured on a number of our internal calls within our organization. And we've had other schools and areas come to visit what we're doing because they really feel like it's a great way to still provide like a great meal and a great solution. Without having to have it be all you care to eat now we have the luxury of having two other dining halls on campus, right? So if you do want that full sit-down and enjoy a meal and all that kind of, you can still do that. You can still sit in buff as well, but if you still want that buffet style, you can still get that. But for the for the density of the location and, and social distancing, we really felt that that was something that really needed to happen, and we feel like that's going to stay. Um, you know, we're constantly tweaking that, taking suggestions and things like that, but. We th- we think that's definitely going to be here to stay. Um, certainly, some of the other things, and you know, when you think about this pandemic and some of the changes that have been made, you know, not just us classrooms and you know the hyper and every place else. So it's, I'm not just saying that it's us,
2: but you know, we really
1: took what would normally be you know a year's worth of planning for something and, <laughs> and crammed it into three weeks uh, to change. But you know certainly for us to not have to touch a student card with the, with the swipers that you just swipe yourself. I mean, that was a big deal for us. And they were going like wild sourcing those was, was really, really rough, but you know, we were able to do that. So um, I think that's not going away. Um, certainly, I think that heightened awareness of, to your point, you know the, the plexiglass protecting people you know, a a little bit more emphasis on the visual cleaning, right? Because I think now we've gotten to the point where people want to see that table getting cleaned. I was at the doctor's office this morning and in the waiting room, as soon as they called my name, the young lady went over and wiped down my chair, asked me if I sat anywhere else. Um, But I I just, that's not going to go away. I I just think we really, you know, we've been really lucky that we haven't been in a situation like this before. So I think that will be here to stay. and then one of the things that we're working on here um, is, is really more of a an increase on um, mobile ordering and touchless pickup. Uh, we're working on some um, food lockers for pickup. You would order through the app and then just be able to go, just like you did the UPS one out front of the union and just pick up your food that way. So we're really you know, looking at integrating a lot of that technology to make it more seamless For people to be able to order on the go, pick up touchless, um, and that.
0: Yeah, those are some great innovations. I'm specifically very curious to see how the lockers are going to continue to develop Um, because I know that you already have um, Brough on the go. And I know that at Fulbright, before this is like pre COVID, um, you could take like takeout boxes and you can go in there and grab food if needed. So I really do think, specifically with like how busy. Um, you know, people are in this generation, they tend to prefer that to go method sometimes. So I'm really interested in seeing like how that's going to continue to develop for sure.
1: Yeah, we're, we're excited. You know, I, I think COVID put a COVID put a little bit of a squeeze. I'm getting just sourcing the technology needed to get that rolling. Um, you know, but currently we have drops going in in several locations to be able to have Uh, the technology in place for you to have, you know, the mobile ordering app that's basically like having another POS in your your hand, and you'll be able to order and and rock and roll. So we're super excited about that.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think it's kind of crazy how, you know, even though COVID is, you know, a big thing that has impacted a lot of things negatively, I think when it comes to innovation, there has been so many great opportunities for growth and development, and we can truly see this in every aspect, um, and we're definitely seeing it here. So um, I know that earlier this past year over the summer, um, there was some expansions within um, Chartwells and within the university when it comes to dining. Um, could you provide our listeners a little bit more insight on what you guys had been working on and what's there to offer as it's still fairly new?
1: Yeah, well, last as far as the bruff goes and how we changed BRUF, or as far as new locations that, that came on board?
0: Um, I was referring mostly to just the new locations. Um, I know that there was an expansion to a, a Palm Fret Dining and there's been new locations. And there's also been a lot of changes within the actual dining halls that were already there. Um, that I think is very cool and interesting. And I, I think that our listeners, um, who might not have been able to recently visit and are wanting to, as it continues to develop, look forward to.
1: Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Pomfret reopened, you know, it seems like forever ago, but it was only fall of 19 and, you know, just beautiful facility, much more bright, modern. Uh, we were able to really make it more of a, of, you know, more of a cook in front of your eyes location, which I think is, is great. I mean, it was the oldest location on campus. And you can tell because it has the biggest kitchen on campus, which was typically, you know, the old style. When I went to college, you didn't know where your food was coming from. It just appeared in front of you. So we really tried to make an emphasis on, you know, as much cooking out front as possible, uh, being able to add our allergy friendly zone there, like we have at Brough and at Fulbright. And then the addition of Pig Theory out front, which um, is a killer barbecue place, this late night location, and really struggled with the lack of the construction being so slow as far as the fencing still being around there. So we really feel like, you know, this fall, especially with the fraternities across the street and all that, that they'll be able to have more access to that as the entranceway is all cleaned up and they get it all finished, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, Bruff really took A tremendous change. Like I said, we we basically have nine different what we call restaurants in that location. You know, with the breakfast all day, uh, we've got a great salad area where we. And the the thing that what we've done in there too is we've created a core menu of items that people can depend on every day at each station. But then we're splashing in limited time offers just to do something different on a regular basis and. And the marketing team on campus has done a great job of promoting that stuff on Instagram. I mean, anybody who is on our campus, who eats on our campus, who doesn't follow food on the Hill is missing out. So uh, we just crossed the 6,000 um, 6, followers about a, three weeks ago, which was pretty awesome. And we actually knew who the six thousandth follower was and, and they, got a, they got a cool little prize, which was neat. Um, so that's been a nice change for us as well. And then once again, at Fulbright, you know, being ad- able to add the allergy friendly zone, it's really important to us. Um, you know, I always tell our staff that we're taking care of somebody's child. You know, that's what we do. And, and food is just the medium that that care comes across. And, you know, fortunately, myself, my children, my wife, we're not allergic to any food, but there are plenty of people are, and it's a real serious concern. And so, you know, the work that Ashley, our dietitian, does with students, You know, we have a don't be shy, self-identify program where, you know, just just let us know where you're at. And uh, maybe a lot of students don't know, but, you know, we worked out uh, for students with uh, allergy concerns that they can go ahead and place an order in the dining hall through our checks to solve number and say, you know, hey, this is Kiara. I'm coming to Fulbright in 20 minutes. Can I have blah, 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 blah. So you don't have to go there with your friends and wait around 20 minutes to have your food made. And so. And then it's, 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 it's written down, it's exact. And so I, I think that's something cool that we've done. That once again, a lot of our other schools have looked at us and say, wow, is that working for you? And it's done. So that's something new. Um, you know, one of the other cool changes was um, Hill Coffee coming to the union and replacing on Pan. We had heard for a couple of years that students really wanted more of a coffee shop kind of vibe in the union, like a cool hang spot that was less bright yellow. <laughs> it didn't feel like it was part of the union. It was, you walked in and it was something different. And so, you know, Hill was born out of that and we we're very fortunate to have hired a local baker who bakes all of our bagels and croissants and all the pastries downstairs in the union. And then we were able to partner with the awesome folks at Mountain Bird Coffee that roast for us up in Eureka Springs. And they just do a killer job. And um, They've done a lot of teaching kitchens for us. So. It's been really great to be able to partner with a local roaster and you know have a, a bake shop right downstairs in the union. Um, and as a as a matter of fact, we are going to be um, swapping out the Einstein Brothers location and replacing that with a new Hill Coffee. We've had some discussions with folks up in the Walton School, and and they all seem for it. And we're meeting with the exec board tomorrow to just kind of give them a little bit of a demo on it. But we're super excited because. Just a, a an in-house concept for us provides us with so much more flexibility, of what we can do and how we can change it and things like that. And especially when it comes to the paper products and all those types of things, when we want to try to be more sustainable, we have more control over that than others. So those are some of the some of the things that have changed and a couple of things that will change. Um, there's a couple other things coming down the road. If you want me to keep going, I will. Um, as you probably know, the Student Success Center has been chugging along and it's getting ready to open in January of next year which I when I say 2022 it doesn't even sound like a real year um but you know we're going to be having another fully licensed starbucks in that location and then in addition to that we're going to be having a bowl concept where we'll be able to do all sorts of different kinds of whether it's um you know a a grain bowl or a burrito bowl or, Uh, any type of bowl, yogurt bowls, anything we want to do where, you know, it's portable, it's easy to eat, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So that'll be the other concept that'll be in that space, which is great because it's really kind of a food desert, you know, over in that area of campus. So we're really excited. And then after that in July of 22, we should be finished by then is that Slim's is moving from where its current location is uh, if you've ever waited for a meal trade there, have you, the, the, you've waited for, it's like standing on a post-it stamp, right? So that's moving to where Club Red is as we expand the Slims. So we're going to bump out the side of Slims like we bumped out the front of Starbucks. And Slims is going to have its own bigger space. And we're really excited. We'll have lockers there for pickup, which will be cool. And, you know, this kind of, it was funny how this came about. I was walking one night in the summertime coming around the corner and I look and I said, oh my gosh, we have one of the best views on campus for a convenience store. And I'm like, that's just crazy. So we said, "Slims needs more space, let's rock and roll, let's do it. And so that's gonna be a beautiful project with some outdoor seating. And um, we're super excited about that. So after that, we're gonna catch our breath and I'm, I'm sure there'll be more to come, but there's, there's really a lot going on over the next couple of years, which we're excited about.
0: Yeah, that's honestly great to hear. There's a lot of projects in the making. And I'm very excited, actually, that you said about the um, the coffee on the hill. Um, I love the coffee shop aspect, like you said, um, you know, back to when campus was a little bit more like normal. I used to go there all of the time, get some coffee, do some studying at the union. Um, so I'm very excited that that's coming over to, you know, the business side of, of campus because it's a lot more easy and convenient. And I and I appreciate, like you said, that you guys get to have a little bit more flexibility with um, the environmental aspect of it. And also a lot of student involvement because Chartwell like you guys do a lot for students and a lot of students are involved in a lot of programs within it. So I think that's a great, great thing to do.
1: Thanks. We're super excited about it. We can't wait.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, So just hearing a little bit more about what you were saying about the new um, locations that are being opted in, um, I have come to notice with Brough and um, some of the other new places that there's a lot more emphasis on plant-based and vegetarian options. Um, I'm a vegetarian myself, and I just really appreciate when I go out and like I see that there is You know, not only just one option, but that there's plenty of options for us to choose from. So we were just kind of wondering um, if this is something that you know Chartwells is trying to do for more of like an environmental focus. Um, Is it just because there's like a trend with you know meat replacements and just more sustainable eating, or um, what's kind of rolling that?
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, It's an organizational thing, really, and. You know, I, I think the trend is not so much about, you know, eating plant-based. I think the trend is, is about trying to eat a little more healthy and trying to eat less meat and, you know, the environmental impact of, you know, what it, what it does to the environment to raise one head of cattle versus what it does to raise, you know, an acre of mushrooms. And there's all sorts of water studies in out there. You can go look up and find all that stuff. That's that's a great deal of it, but certainly, you know, the plant-based gives us an opportunity to hopefully source a little more locally um, as we look to support some farmers in in the various areas that we are in as a company. You know, we have 300 college campuses across the United States, um, so we continue to try to drive that, and I think with anything, you know, you're just trying to expand the options for people, and it goes back to the educational thing. Um, you don't have to be a vegetarian or a vegan to eat plant-based. Maybe I want to eat plant-based a couple days a week. I did yesterday. I had a great grain bowl at Bruff um, today. Yeah, I had a black bean burger today, so I ate a little plant-based today. But um, you know, I think it's just providing more options for people and educating people that you can still get your proteins, you can still get you know all your vitamins and all all the nutrients that you need. And you don't have to rely on a certain type. I mean, there'll always be people who will say, "I want to eat healthier," and you know what does healthy mean to them. But I think the plant based is really, when you look at us as an organization, the impact that eating plant based has on the environment is definitely a driving factor for our company. Um, you know, we're part of a bigger organization, the Compass Group, right? So you know, we we are in business dynamic accounts, Microsoft and Google and had a chance to go out to Microsoft and so you know to see what we're doing out there and then how those innovations spill down you know to, to other sectors in our organization, I think it really helps us because you know the students today are going to be the people working at Microsoft next year and the students you know, or Google or Bank of America or wherever. and I, I just think as we, diversify ourselves as a society, you know we definitely need to provide diverse options for the people who are our guests. And I definitely think that's probably the biggest change that you've seen even in our K through 12 dining. you know there's an emphasis on on more plant-based items and things of that nature. So uh, it's an overall you know it's an overall belief from Compass Group corporate that this is, part of who we are, as part of our DNA, as part of being, you know, a good citizen of the earth. Of course.
2: I think it's super innovative that companies like Beyond Meat are making like meat replacements, trying to make uh, meat eaters become more vegetarian and more vegan-like. I think it's super cool, but when do you think uh, innovating like that crosses the line, or do you think mixing science and food is going to become the new norm? Cause I feel like there's a lot of like genetically modified, like fish, like chicken, like all the meats. And then now like even like plant-based meats, like how do you see, uh, what direction do you see us taking in the future?
1: You know, I think that first of all, I am not a food scientist. So, uh, and I don't even play one at home. So, you know, my comments are strictly somewhat knowledgeable, but mostly opinion. You know I've seen where we they've even grown chickens in the labs by taking part of the of a chicken and you know growing the chicken and and all those kinds of things. It's just wild and you know the more humane way to raise and all those types of things. Um, you know, there's always a there's always a trepidation for people with science, right? and with new and and we don't know. But I think when you look overall at society, and you think that for the most part, science has made things better. And you, you've got to think that, that that's going to flow into food. Right? It's just a natural progression. I mean, it, it isn't, uh, you know, it isn't, well, there's great chefs out there. There's There's food scientists doing this, right? There's people who understand the biology and the chemistry of all of that stuff. So I feel like if it helps us, if it helps us grow food more sustainably and more humanely, I think that's something that's we we need to do. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because you know the Beyond Meat product it, it became such a thing, and and I remember trying one when I was out in Portland. I was like, wow, the consistency and all that stuff. But not everything's great about it, right? The, you know, you look at the salt and you look at all the so. There's always a give and take with everything we do, and so. You know, whether it's we just be moderate in what we do with the way we're developing food. But, you know, I mean, for me to think that I can look something up on this when when I was your age, I had to go to an encyclopedia. You know, it's pretty awesome. So I, I think overall science is probably a good thing for us. And, um, you know, and there's there's people on both sides of the fence. But overall, I, I'm, I'm a believer that science can help make us healthier, help make us more Uh, consumer-oriented, and certainly make us more sustainable. Because sustainability wouldn't work without it being economically feasible for companies, right? And the science has to help make it be more economically feasible, right? So yeah, but that's a great question because we do hear that all the time. I have some very anti-GMO friends, but there's some GMOs that are phenomenal, right? So it's like anything. Yeah. Both sides. What, what's important to you guys? You know, you, you, you're, let me, can I, can I flip the switch and ask you a couple questions? Yeah. I mean, you, you know, so, you know, when you think about why you choose a restaurant or why you choose a particular food brand when you're in the grocery store, you know, or why you do or don't do some things when it comes to your nutrition, what, what are some of the things that you and, and your, and your peers are looking at?
0: Yeah. Um, well, speaking for myself, um, like I said earlier, I'm pretty vegetarian uh, for the most part. I mean, I somewhat sometimes I'm a little bit flexible with it, but it's mainly for environmental purposes. Um, I've always been environmentalist. I grew up um, you know, in, in a household that really valued that. And so it's been instilled very early in my life, which is why I really appreciate you know, when I went to Arkansas and like saw what Chartwells is doing because knowledge really is the root of it. Um, So it was nice to see that people can have the availability to make those choices themselves. Um, So definitely just like the science behind um, just like how much of an environmental impact um, meat products have on the environment and how we can reduce it and how much that affects global warming. Um, That's something I'm very passionate about. So that's kind of what made me um, firstly, make the switch, um, but then also it really improves your health. Um, I'm not sure, you know, how many people agree with that, but at least like with me personally, um, you know, I switched out of me. Like it started off as like a one week thing. Like I'll give it a shot, and I felt so much better. And that was about two years ago. And since then, I have not, you know, like even thought about it. And then when we were talking about like with Beyond Me and like all of these new science, you know. Um, induced foods, you know, if you still crave a burger, you can still get a burger and it tastes pretty much the same, um, but without the environmental impact um, that it has with just raising meat. So for me, that's been a very big factor um, into it. Um, So I know that I have a lot of friends that aren't necessarily Um, vegetarian or plant-based, but they see some of the meals that I eat and they're like, oh, let me try it. And they're like, whoa, like that actually tastes pretty good. You know, like that doesn't taste like what I expected it to. Um, So that's very exciting to see.
2: Okay. So for me, it would be a little bit more simple. It's more a peer influence. So even if I want a burger and I'm with all my, all my friends and they're like, all right, I want canes, like, which is chicken. I would end up getting chicken because peer influence. like if one of my friends posts a picture of a taco doesn't even have to look good but it caught me at the right time I might go over there and get some tacos so it's usually like social media and like what everyone around me is eating is like kind of like gives me ideas to my head and like is what what I kind of end up craving cool yeah that's cool I mean for us I think you know That's
1: good feedback for us because we've really, you know, Ashley and and her folks have done a great job with a lot of our virtual teaching kitchens. Mm -hmm. And um, I teach a class in the spring semester. I'm not sure you guys are aware of that. I teach a class at the Bumper's College and it's very hands-on, which has been a challenge this semester, but um, they just finished doing um, some teaching kitchens for each other. Um, and, And the focus was to, you know, try to create something, easy in your dorm room that could be healthy that you could make with simple ingredients and things like that. So for us, I think we're going to focus on for our teaching kitchens on the things that maybe to your point, you wouldn't make on your own, but if you saw it, you might say, wow, I'm going to try that. And I think, you know, part of our job is making food. That's good for you. Taste good and look good because it seems like in the past, you know, everything that was good for you didn't look all that great or didn't taste all that great, you know, like, because people are so heavily into a lot of salt and a lot of oils and things. And now to learn that, you know, you can flavor stuff with some great herbs and some citrus and just the cooking techniques and all that kind of stuff. And it's not hard. You just have to turn on YouTube and and do it yourself. So for us, that's, that's the fun part, you know, and and we're looking at establishing maybe a location to have a permanent teaching kitchen. Uh, we're looking at the old convenience store up by Maple Hill. It really doesn't do a lot of business ever since Small Mart came in across the street. And we, we feel like that might be a great spot to repurpose a, a permanent location for us for a teaching kitchen. So we'd love to, you know, on our, on our, on our social media to hear from students like, what would you like to learn to cook? You know, what would you like to be able to do and, and then be able to do something like that and put it together? So um it's interesting. And, and you know, just hearing the two of you talk about what influences you, that's what makes our job. I'm not going to say difficult, but that's what makes our job challenging, which we love. Right. So um, it's it it's been a good year, to be honest with you. If, if anybody had told me that it would go as well as it did in the pandemic, I would have been surprised. And that's really our um, you know, our our dedicated folks who've been here working on campus since the fall, every day being here, I mean, I can't say enough about our folks that work in our locations and how dedicated they are to the students and the campus and it's just, it's been pretty heartwarming to see the effort that they've put into to their jobs and like I said, you know, we're, we're talking about a lot of great innovations and all the things and stuff like that, but we never could do that without the people who are making it happen, so I'd be remiss if I didn't bring that up, even though that wasn't a topic, but I'd be remiss if I didn't bring that up to really, you know, just my hats off to our entire team, just done a great job for everybody.
0: Yeah, I honestly, it's extremely impressive how much you guys have worked on, um, you know, developing new things within our campus community. And I really truly think that, you know, what you're saying about the teaching, Um, that's going to be a great thing for college students, because like you were talking, like the social media network Mm -hmm. and food on the hill. I love every single time that they put those um, like reels, Instagram reels about like how to create like your own like healthy version of this or this or that. Um, Because I feel like that for students specifically when they transition from, you know, maybe not eating on campus anymore and like eating more at home. um, That's something that's kind of hard if they don't have that basis or that understanding of like how to cook. Um, I know I struggle with that. Like I started off just making scrambled eggs until I, you know, was able to, you know, learn how to do that. So it's cool to see um, you know, not only like the representation of eating healthy within the college campus, but really promoting that for the students to, you know, develop those healthy habits and continue to do that throughout their process and throughout life. Um, so I definitely think those are very, very helpful.
1: Cool. And you know, those innovations will keep coming as long as we keep hearing from students. I mean, that's really what helps drive us. I mean, we yes, we definitely get a tremendous amount of support and research from our company. The the amount of research we have a group that does an amazing amount of research on trends. Like we even knew like what foods people were missing the most during the pandemic. I mean, they just do some amazing data scraping, but you know. There are differences where different people live and, and you know, different um, geographic areas. But I think for us, part of what we've done well is listen to the students. And we don't want anybody to ever feel like, you know, that we wouldn't listen. You don't always get your way, right? There's a big difference between being heard and getting your way, right? But we always want to listen. And, and some of the changes, mo- most of the changes that we've made has been based on student feedback. Um, You know, Hill Coffee, True Burger was another example where people wanted more of a burger than a Burger King that was kind of meh, you know? And, And that's when we came up and people talked about how they loved the give back that Tacos for Life was doing. So we said, okay, we can take a burger place and we give money back from True Burger to scholarships that actually benefits the students that go to school here and boom. But it was all from listening to feedback, you know? So I, th- I think that's that's something that's really important to us. So keep the comments coming, <laughs> keep letting us hear from you because it's, it does matter because that's what keeps our program sustainable. I know we're talking about sustainability, but I mean, our program will only be sustainable if it changes, if it stays the same, <laughs> which kind of sounds like an oxymoron, but I mean, trends used to last years, You know, and now with trends don't last very long at all. And so it's important to hear what's new, what's different, and and things of that nature. So
2: I actually do really love the true burger thing. Like that's one of the things that I noticed freshman year whenever I was at the union. It's like a visual thing, I think, just like the food compost. It's like seeing the numbers go up. It's like, I'm going to jump on the train, be a part of that. And it's potentially coming back to us. And I feel like innovation, sometimes we like overthink it and act like we need a chicken that's going to dance for us before we eat it. It's not like that. It's adding small stuff, like giving back to students through scholarships, through uh, revenue of the burger store. It's small stuff like that, that creates a lot of change. Nothing like, I mean, we don't have to go as far as, like I said, like a dancing chicken that gives you a show before you eat. Like small innovations are like, I feel like what makes big changes in the future.
1: Thank you. I think you have a great idea for a show though.
2: The Dancing Chicken,
1: right? I mean, I could see that being on Fox without question. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think, and, and I know one of the other things that we haven't really dove into too much, we talked a little bit about food waste. I mean, certainly, um, you know, our work with Range Food Recovery has been, you know, a great partnership for us. Um, And, you know, when they, you know, they come and they pick up food that we're not going to use that can be repurposed and the contributions that we make to the pantry. But, you know, once again, those things wouldn't exist without student involvement. And it's funny, I get phone calls because we get a lot, we have something coming out the chart walls weekly. So we'll, every once in a while, we'll have something in there about what we've done and things like that. And I'll get calls from my peers and they say, well, this food pantry and this food recovery, how are you making that work? I said, we're making it work because the students are making it work, right? It's a legacy thing on this campus because a lot of times when we get approached and some a university will say, well, we want to do a food pantry or we want to do food recovery. That means they want us to do it. Well, yeah, we'd like to be able to do it too, but we it, it needs to be driven from the students. And I just think that's a hats off to the students here at the University of Arkansas that that has just become such a legacy program within the university we don't even have to think about are there going to be people to come work at Razorback Food Recovery you know or work at the pantry and so that part's been that's been a phenomenal partnership for us Um, and it's opened some doors for us to you know be able to you know Seven Hills to get a partnership with Seven Hills during break times when there's food left over or you know last year when the pandemic hit and obviously our coolers were full of products and there was nobody here, you know, we were able to get food to Seven Hills and get food to our associates who we knew were going to be laid off and things of that nature, you know, due to the the fact that there's nobody going to be around to be even eating the food, right? So we were able to do, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff. And we're, you know, we're, we're hyper vigilant about making sure that our food doesn't go to waste, that we have some way to to get it out to people. Um, and I think that you know, the more that we can tap into organizations locally that are looking for that resource, um, you know, we can really, we can really make a difference. And I think we've made a difference in a lot of the people's lives that, that use the pantries that, that do use uh, the food recovery. And I, I think that's important to us.
0: Yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up because one of the questions that I had was how can students on campus get more involved in just promoting more sustainability or just even doing more um composing or food waste when it's not as easily accessible um within like their own community? Like is there somewhere specific where they can um you know if they want to do compost within themselves, like is there somewhere that they can, you know, take that food. Like I I don't know um too many at least student apartments that do recycling or something like that. So like how are some little things that they can do to get more involved or other programs, like you said, we we're talking about the, um, you know, like the food waste, reducing that. How can they get more involved in those programs on campus?
1: Well, I think you know, connecting with the VAC here on campus. I mean, I know they can provide a, a ton of um, affiliated organizations that students can partner with, whether they want to do a one-day thing and get everybody together to do, you know. a a composting drop off, or if they wanna set up a month long program. I I think to be honest with you, that's the best source for students on campus to to do that. Um, You mean, obviously the recycling centers are super close by. Um, There's the one that's right off of M Terrible Streets, Um, but it's right over by the railroad tracks, um, you know, kind of right near, um, oh, I forget the the M Terrible Streets. Um, And then there's the one on the way, like up um, Huntsville Drive, you know, there's a recycling place. I mean, just to go over there in your car, you know, on a Saturday, it takes five minutes to sort your recycling out, you know, and, and um, to your point, I grew up in Ithaca, New York, where it's very, very, like we recycled everything. Um, and it was, and they sorted it, you know, so, uh, but you can take it down there and you can just make a fun day of it. and you know. You know, kind of, it's kind of cathartic to put your stuff in the recycle bins and knowing that you're, you know, it, it's going in the recycle bin instead of a landfill. And to me, it doesn't take a lot of effort to make an effort. Um, and you know, everybody knows somebody with a car, and it's just, it, you know, make it a fun thing. You know how and and relive the whatever you ate and whatever you drank, whatever it is, you know, and and really just. I think getting out and recycling and all that kind of stuff is super easy. I know that I've heard that some of the farmers markets are starting to think about taking um, food for compost and then take back. I think COVID put a, a bit of a crimp on some of those thoughts, um, but but that is an option as well. And you know, if students really want to get serious, I mean, there are some composting little you know, countertop composting things you can buy on Amazon, you know, that you can compost and then you know plant the garden and knock yourself out with all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, you can compost your coffee grounds from home and use them on your outdoor plants. So there's I think there's a lot of fun stuff you can do individually. But like I said, I think the VAC is really, you know, a great place. You know, Angela Oxford and Claire Allison with the VAC, they just, you know, they do a super job. And and then also no reaching out to Eric Bowles over the sustainability office here on campus. You know, they're always looking for volunteers and always looking for cool projects. And like I said, it doesn't take a lot of effort to make effort. That's, there's my, that's my Andrewism for the day. So.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, thank you so much for sharing and taking some time out of your day to give us a little bit more feedback on what Charles is doing and all of the innovative things are happening. Um, Because there's a lot, there's a lot to look forward to, um, which is super exciting. And it's really nice to hear, um, you know, we've interviewed multiple people like throughout the season, some from the University of Arkansas, some from other places, but it's really interesting to see like how innovation is all interconnected um, and how it's very progressive and it's really helping out our community currently. Um, So that's great to hear. Um, so before we go, I just wanted to say, if you like what you heard, please download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And while you're at it, follow us on Instagram at WaltonBizTalk. that's it for today. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks with more casual conversations about professional things. Huh?